You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. A car, Scott Anderson, 97 on the ticket. A bunch of feedback, phone calls to get to uh, regarding Michigan as they barrel towards a season-ending showdown with Ohio State. Michigan State, meanwhile, taking on Indiana this weekend. An Indiana program that has one Big Ten win the last two years. Uh, that was over Illinois <laughs> to start this season, which at the time you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And now you look back and you wonder, how did that happen? Uh, Connor Bazelak, their quarterback, has been has been – Benched. He got benched in the Ohio State game. Dexter Williams came in, threw the ball 19 times. He completed six, uh, carried it 16 times for 46 yards. And I haven't seen anything reported yet on who's going to start or if they're announcing, if Tom Allen's announcing he's starting a quarterback, but he's obviously more of a runner than Basilek. They go hyperspeed at Indiana, so you you have to be ready for, for the quick snap. But uh, your thoughts on that game for Michigan State? Chance to get bowl eligible. They probably don't want to leave it to the seasoning showdown at Penn State. No, you don't want to do that. Um, it's a home game, so I don't know what kind of crowd you're going to get when that when you know the team's not very good and the the weather may not be all that cooperative. It's going to be cold. I'm hoping there's a decent crowd there. I I think that Michigan State should win the game, and they're on a, a two game win streak. They're playing much better, much more sound. Um, Peyton Thorne has looked better the last two two games. And yet he also leaves plays out on the field. It's it's sometimes it's just it's just maddening watching him play because he can make these perfect passes, and then the next pass he'll sail it two yards over the head of a of a wide open Keon Coleman or whoever. Um, they've done some things with the offensive line, doing some more zone blocking, where it helps out the the running game. They've actually got a little bit of a running game going. Um, both Broussard and Berger last week had really good games. I think they did they both go over eighty yards in the game. Um, but the defense is still this work in progress. And, you know, I I think enough is enough with the uh, the tunnel suspension stuff. I think for the majority of the players that were involved in that incident, it's a two-game suspension and counting. And the only reason it's and counting is because Michigan State decided to say, all right, we're going to let the investigation play out when they've, and, and they're suspended indefinitely until the investigation's done. Well, technically, the investigation's done because it's been handed over to the prosecutor's office, and it's up to them to decide. There's no timetable on when the prosecutor's office is going to do anything about this. So I'd like to see a lot of these players return to the field because they've done their suspension time and probably more than they needed to. And let's get some of these guys back on the field. And if they get back on the field to defensive players in particular, that's really going to help them out moving forward and, and certainly against Indiana and, and against Penn State. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Let's get to the people. Scott Rochester. Hi, Scott. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. All right, Scott. Hey, can you take us off speaker, please? Yeah, hold on one sec. Thank you. Can you hear me better now? Yes. yes. Yeah, I think this game has a lot of strategy. That Ohio, as long as Ohio State and Michigan go into that game undefeated, I think both are going to the playoffs because I don't know how you kick either one out for having one loss to a top-five team. So I think they'll go, go there. So will they be applying some strategy here? Kind of like Alabama and Georgia do, or, or Alabama and Clemson even. 
You know, they don't show even – they very rarely show themselves even in the semifinal game, and then they change it up. And I also think it's a big uh, – I, I think the Big Ten uh, needs to start pushing this more, too, that our two teams need to get in because the SEC does it, and they do it with teams that don't even make the conference final. I think, look, for it to happen, there's going to be some – they probably need some help, the loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game – what could get really wonky is if Tennessee is Tennessee being compared to the loser of Michigan, Ohio State, and for the fourth spot, does the fact that Tennessee already played Georgia and lost to Georgia factor at all into them not either you know getting the bid against for that game against a Georgia in a semifinal or not? Um, right. This whole schedule thing is a little bit BS to me too because anybody wants to go see what the SEC plays in the preseason. In that SEC East, it's very rarely a real good conference. The West usually has the better teams. Wow. And Michigan might have played easy conference, but, you know, uh, eight of their ten games are won by three touchdowns or more, and nine out of the ten they won by double digits. So they handled their business. So, I don't know. I just want to see, for once, the Big Ten. Well, it'd be great to see the Big Ten. No, I hear deserve. you. It'd be great. I don't, this is not the year, I would say, because the Big Ten is feeling like the Big Two and the, the Little 12. But well, that's I, the unfortunate part is it, it's the rest of the resume. Um, but what they have going for them is that they are ranked second and third. Right? Yep. So they have that going for them. It, it, one team's going to lose, and they're going to lose to a top three team. That's going to be their only loss will be to a top three team. And they can scream to the rooftops, that's all we lost. Same with Tennessee, though, right? Yeah. I mean, that's it, 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 what, what happens with TCU. Um, you know, and, and LSU can still throw a monkey wrench in this thing. LSU can, USC because can. Because LSU can play Georgia in the, in the SEC championship and do something there. USC, I mean, they still have games against UCLA and Notre Dame and to finish 12, up the season here, twelve title game and a Pac-12 title game. So you're talking about three games against ranked opponents for a team that right now is sitting at seven. Now, my gut tells me USC is not going to go unscathed because Pac-12. That's what happens, and they're going to lose one of those games. But if they do win all three of those games, that'd be hard to keep a twelve and one USC team that'll have loads of wins over ranked opponents. Their resume will look very good. 248-539-9797. Feedback coming in from an unnamed texter. Pretty sure Ohio State's defense is top 10. More playmakers than Michigan's defense, too. But, yeah, they aren't good. Keep sipping that Kool-Aid OSU by 15. All right, first of all, I'm not saying Ohio State's defense isn't good. I'm just saying they're not great. Yeah, they, they may have more playmakers than Michigan. I think that's worthy of debate, but... If they can't stop the run, if they if they if Indiana and Northwestern doubled their season rushing totals against that Ohio State defense, and if they don't stop Maryland's run, now they could they could step up. I mean that happens a lot in rivalry games. Step up and play better. But the the issue that they would have the challenge. If I were an Ohio State fan, the thing that would concern me is stopping Michigan's rushing attack. Well, I mean for Mr. Big and Bold Ohio State fan there, I. Here's a common opponent. How did each team do against Penn State? Uh, Michigan beat them 48-17. And Ohio State beat 44-31. And they needed a couple of late touchdowns that were kind of weird plays, pick six, you know, plays. Of, what are you, where are you throwing it? Whatever. They, they, they completed those plays. 
I think up 31 to Penn State. Yep. Who is Ohio State played? If we're comparing if we're comparing, stop giving Ohio State a pass. Notre Dame was underwhelming this year. Ohio State is probably also asking the same question about their run game against Michigan. That's from Zach. Not giving Ohio State a pass because their non-conference schedule hasn't been anything impressive either, with the exception of Notre Dame. Now they played Notre Dame to start the year. Notre Dame wasn't good to start the year. But Notre Dame has gotten much better. They look like a much better opponent now. Um, but they were ranked number five in the country when they beat them. Isn't that weird how college football works? Like, yes. when you play a team, maybe they're terrible. But just because they get better throughout the regular season, that becomes a better win all of a sudden, even though they were terrible when you played them, or vice versa. I'm not they're, saying it's a better win. No, no. It's, no I get yeah, you, no, though. And I know it, what that, you're saying. That's a positive on the resume. I get it. But that's how college football has always worked, right? And it doesn't make sense. This was something that – what's his name? The who, the Bear for ESPN. Was yeah. it Chris Falica or whatever? Falica. Falica. Not Falica. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Chris Falica, Chris Falica uh, had tweeted out yesterday something very similar to what you said. It's like you look at these teams that have wins over top 10 opponents, top 15 opponents to start the year, but they don't age well. Like, keep in mind, Michigan State was ranked as high as they were, and, you know, they, they got beat. Notre Dame ranked as high as they were, and they got beat. Oklahoma was ranked like third in the country, and, and they don't look good. And then you've got all these teams that are getting wins now, like which win is more important? You know, when you when you look at it uh, with like a North Carolina win over North Carolina, does it matter now more than ever or whomever you're going to play? It, it absolutely depends on when you play somebody, right? Yes. I feel like this Michigan team has got it, it is, is almost built. They've built it to try and beat Ohio State. It worked last year. If it works again this year, okay, it'll really first. Can you imagine what it'll the heat cranked up on Ryan Day to lose back-to-back times to Michigan. And it will feel like Harbaugh finally got his formula right. It will, but if I'm looking from Ohio State's perspective, Ohio State needs to get back to finding that dominant defensive end, that dominant pass rusher that they had with the Boses, they had with Chase Young. They, is it Malik Harrison? Is that the guy they have Zach now? Harrison. Zach Harrison, who they have now. And he's just not in that caliber, not even close. And he's the best they have. Kang, you said you had a college football rules question. Yeah, because this happened last night. During the Commanders-Eagles game, the uh, Commanders punter received the uh, – he, he got the uh, snap, and he's about to punt it, but it's clearly – it's going to get blocked. Like he, He's compromised. Like, all right, so I'm not pulling the trigger. He, he pulls it back, and he runs to the side like it's a fake, but instead he rugby-style punts it down the field. They throw a flag on him and call illegal man downfield. But the Rutgers punter does this all the time. I know you don't know the NFL rule book, like you know the college football rule book, but I just assumed there's no legal man downfield because they never called it. Now, is that a fact, or what's the difference there, and why, why is the Rutgers know. guy? I don't know, and oh. you know what? I we What's funny is Come on. I've been going so deep into the rule book, and now we've introduced on our broadcast, we have a rules analyst. We have a guy who's a 22-year oh. Big Ten official. Get him on the phone. And uh, so I will ask him this week why Rutgers punter can roll out and punt, and it's not constantly a legal man downfield. And Michigan State, did they have any punt returns for positive yardage? No. I mean, we're going into week 11, and Rutgers has yet to give up a punt return for positive yardage all year, in part because this punter 
rolls out, guys get downfield, then he kicks these low-line drives that roll up to the return guy. And, oh, by the way, usually 45, 50 yards downfield, and they're, they're surrounded, and they can't – you just can't return a punt against them. It's an incredible stat. But so that guy, the, the Rutgers punter, let's say he wanted to be an NFL punter, that skill set is obsolete in the NFL. To run around. If they, if they call well, it differently. Yeah. Well, the, it looks like they do. The rule I don't, but I don't know what Rutgers does. I, I didn't pay close enough attention to the Rutgers line. Did they No, but they, they definitely don't the have just the Gunners down there. Like, the whole damn yeah. team's down there, man. Yep. It, By the time he punts it. <laughs> I mean, I, the, what I when I read it uh, last week, because somebody called with this question, I went and looked up the rule book, and it, it read like it should be a legal man downfield. But I'm wondering if the punter gets outside the tackle box. Maybe that's it. And that's because everything changes. When mm-hmm. the, I was watching Kentucky and Missouri and a snap went over the punter's head and he chased it down, picked it up and punted it and got the punt off and then got s- just smoked. And it was like roughing the punter. He said he's still in the tackle box was the reason as to why. Okay, so so I if think you go it, outside, it's because in the game last night. I'm not sure he got outside the tackle. I thought he was, and Me he too? also got hit. There was also yeah. contact after it. Nothing. There was no penalty this for could, that. This could be just as simple as the NFL is different than, the, than college football, but or that they just they screwed it up because they screwed up a bunch of calls last they night. They did do that. A couple of them for sure. The face, I mean, yeah, yeah, that was bad. I did not see that. The play, the back judge is right there. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.